Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, thanks to you. That's right, you who supports independent tech news. If you want to do it directly and have more in effect, become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, December 7th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from Studio Hack 5, I'm Shannon Morse. From Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And from the same general region as Tom and Sarah, I'm Roger Chang, the show's <laughs> producer. Ah, uh, we've got Len and Shannon back. Yay! Hooray! Gang's all here. It's a real Friday again. Yay, finally. <laughs> we got hats on, we got Shannon, we got Len doing some art, and yep. we're going to talk about facial recognition after Ooh. we tell you a few other tech things you should know. Walmart announced plans to buy art.com, which sells a variety of art, as the name suggests, and posters and wall decor. It's been around quite some time, since 1998, in fact, and will continue as a standalone site, so say the companies. But products will also be available on other Walmart sites, such as Jet.com and HeyNeedle.com. The deal is expected to close in early 2019. Mozilla CEO Chris Beard wrote in a blog post that, quote, by adopting Chromium, Microsoft hands over control of even more of online life to Google. He noted that if Chromium-based browsers get enough market share, developers won't worry about compatibility on non-Chromium-based browsers like Firefox. Oh, I just wish Microsoft would have done it with the quantum engine, with the Firefox engine. <laughs> Uh, phone maker Essential has acquired India's Cloud Magic startup less than three months after that startup said it was going to shut down its Newton Mail app. Cloud Magic launched as Cloud Magic in 2013. It was a free service then and then relaunched in 2016 as a paid service under the name Newton Mail. All right, let's talk about games, games that the AIs play, Shannon. All the AIs. An artificial intelligence platform known as Alpha Zero learned games learn the games of Go, chess, and Shogi from scratch without help from humans by using deep neural networks. AlphaZero was unveiled by DeepMind Technologies, a British AI subsidiary of Alphabet, in research published in Science on November 6th. In each game, AlphaZero was only given the basic rules of how to play, then it would then play millions of games against itself and determine which strategies worked best through reinforcement learning. The training and learning process took nine hours for 
for chess. That's it. 12 hours for Shogi and 13 days for Go. It then went out to beat the world's three best AIs at their games, Stockfish at chess, Elmo at Shogi, and Alpha Go Zero at Go. This is a heck of an accomplishment uh, (laughs) in unsupervised learning. Uh, There are all kinds of things to talk about, you know, regarding the fact that games have a limited set of rules and all the information is available. And and so you you shouldn't be too worried about what this means. But it did strike me that the three best players of chess, Shogi and Go are all AI now. Right. And this is just the better version of it because humans got less involved. (laughs) It also struck me as interesting that this is one of the few excellent and amazing examples that we have of artificial intelligence, because a lot of times AI as the word is used as as a marketing term, when in in actuality, it's used just as this function. So this is a perfect example of what AI could be used for. Yeah. And and, and if you don't pick up on what we're saying, when you, even though these games are complicated, I mean, it took it 13 days to train on go, uh, the information is complete. You always know what the rules of Go are. You always know where all the pieces are, right? Uh, where AI is going to have challenges is when you don't have all the information. Like, right. you know, I don't know, is it sunny out? Uh, should I put a coat on? Is it cold? I can pick up all these things without knowing all the information, without even looking out the window in various ways as a human. I can intuit things. Those aren't even the best examples of that. But there are things we can do with incomplete information that AI can't do yet. So does this make you feel like you never want to play board games ever with a robot? Not against a robot, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would I? Well, you know, that's the thing, right? When you play against the computer now, it means the computer is hobbling itself. It's not as good as it could be. Otherwise, it would beat you every time. Qualcomm announced the 8-core Snapdragon 8CX for always connected Windows laptops and 2-in-1 convertible PCs. It's the largest processor that Qualcomm has ever made, and the company says it'll also be the first 7-nanometer chip for a PC platform and the biggest performance leap for Snapdragon chip ever, including up to 2 gigabits per second cellular connectivity. It also draws 7 watts of power, which is about half of the comparable Intel U-series of chips, and supports up to 16 gigabytes of LPDDR 4X RAM and NVMe drives. Qualcomm says that the new Andrino 680 Extreme GPU, which is inside the 8CX, is twice as fast as the one in its previous Snapdragon 850 for Windows laptops and is also 60% more power efficient. It also supports two 4K HDR external monitors simultaneously of note. Qualcomm also expects the first PCs with 8CX to ship in the second half of 2019. This didn't say big... who it would be with. No, but... and in fact, Lenovo came out on stage during the announcement and talked about it without ever saying, and we'll be shipping a product with this inside, which a lot of people noted the absence of that statement. Maybe you just forgot. I don't know. It is pretty cool, though, that this is the first one from Qualcomm that is purpose-built specifically for Windows. So they're not reusing something from like smartphone chips uh, and then sticking it into a laptop. So we should be able to see a lot more of things like, you know, the multitasking and productivity like they mentioned. And they also mentioned during uh, the, the talk that it could do, you know, light gaming like Minecraft, but you're still not going to be get, able to get things like uh, heavy duty uh, tasks like, you know, uh, video editing or or 4K video editing or or heavy gaming that you can normally do on an NVIDIA GPU out of this. But this is still really great and it's awesome competition. Yeah. And, and there, 
the apps for this will be a little bit less available mm-hmm. as well. But Microsoft has done things like allow you to compile your 64-bit Windows apps for Universal, uh, which makes it easier to port them over if you've developed them for x86. So this is a big deal. This is Qualcomm going head-to-head with Intel. These are 7 nanometer chips. I don't know if you caught that when Sarah mentioned that. Intel doesn't have 7 nanometer chips. So even though these aren't as powerful as the most powerful Intel chips that are 10 nanometer, I mean, Qualcomm is in the game at the thin and light level, but they're in the game for legitimate PC performance. Well, what's interesting is Intel has already announced that they're working on their 7 nanometer, which will probably come out in a couple of years. Um, and I do not think that that Qualcomm's efforts, along with AMD's, lighting a fire under their corporate behinds uh, is, is is helping uh, their their cause. So they're I mean, they've they've been a little too relaxed at the top for for way too long. You think Intel has been? Intel has. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people would agree with you. All right, let's check in on what's going on with Huawei. Uh, since we we talked to you last uh, when we mentioned to you yesterday the arrest of CFO Meng Wanzhou in Canada, Huawei has appointed Chairman Liang Hua as acting CFO. Uh, in the bail hearing for Meng on Friday, it was revealed that U.S. prosecutors want her to face charges of fraud linked to the circumvention of sanctions on Iran. It was already known that it had something to do with sanctions on Iran. Now we know that it's fraud. Uh, White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro said the arrest of Meng has nothing to do with trade talks. EU Tech Commissioner Andres Ansip uh, said he thinks the EU needs to be worried about Huawei and other Chinese companies because of requirements to cooperate with Chinese intelligence services and said Chinese companies produce chips to, quote, get our secrets. Now, he he made this announcement on the day of Meng's bail hearing. So uh, the, this wasn't just an accidental thing. I imagine this is a bit of piling on. Huawei denies, of course, that it poses a security threat and denies it has ever been asked to build a backdoor or an interrupt into any networks. Uh, that is something that some U.S. companies can't say. Sources told Reuters Japan will restrict government purchases of products that have security concerns. They won't name names, but it will result in government contracts in Japan not being able to use products from Huawei and ZTE. Germany said it will not exclude any manufacturers from building 5G networks. Belgian newspapers say that country is considering banning Huawei telecom equipment in its projects, and the EU is launching an investigation into Chinese investments and forced technology transfer in Europe. So, uh, you know, with, with some of these some of these things, like the Japanese things, may have been in the works already and just happen to come out right now. But the EU tech commissioner chooses when he decides to make this announcement. And he's making it right now when the spotlight is on Huawei about all of this. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, well, not not to ruffle any feathers or anything, but the I've been following the Huawei story pretty closely, especially since the, the Bloomberg uh, chip story came out mm. and, you know, things of that nature. And we still don't have any public facing information that says Huawei has done anything um, that would be a security or privacy concern straight to the U.S. So it's very hard for me to look at this story and say, like, you know, other than, you know, Meng's uh, the current thing that 
that she's going through aside to say like, yes, we should ban all Huawei products or yes, we should ban all ZTE products because we don't have that information to confirm it. And that's coming from a security and privacy standpoint, at which point I'm generally quite paranoid about the products that I use. And I just don't have that information to tell me that I shouldn't be looking at these products with the same equal bias that I give to any other product. The only thing I know of uh, is the UK is undergoing an investigation right now regarding the software that is pushed to these because they found some abnormal behavior in real life use of Huawei security or Huawei networking products that they didn't notice in testing. And so they're trying to figure out why that is. That's far from a smoking gun. That's, hey, we see this anomaly. We need to check it out. Maybe it leads to something. But at this point, like you say, there is nothing solid about this. Well, we know for a fact that Cisco routers had problems with them. I'm not trying to let anybody off the hook here, but these are the facts that we know. Yeah, absolutely. And we need to look at those facts, uh, you know, as they come out and definitely make sure that we keep all of them into consideration. But right now we just don't have that information. Um, with, with Ming's thing, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I'm definitely going to be following this really closely because, uh, it is something to concern ourselves with. Uh, but at the moment, it's, it's such the beginning of a story that we just don't have that info. Yeah. This is uh this is you know if if you missed yesterday's show and you want a a deeper discussion of all of this and the political implications and all that check out DTNS from yesterday. So moving on, uh, Reuters reports a source tells it Amazon is looking at bringing its cashierless Amazon Go stores to airports. Public records show Amazon has met with several U.S. airports as possible locations for the stores, including Lax and San Jose International. Amazon has opened seven stores since January in Chicago, San Francisco, and Seattle near office buildings. Hey, now stop calling LAX Lax. We're, we're, they're, they're, very, they're very upright. They work really hard over there. They are lax on a lot of the things that they do. They are lax do. on a few things. <laughs> so it's actually kind of a right. genius way to – I'm going to start calling it's, it lax. It's like with ORD, I call it ORD. <laughs> it's just something weird I do. I, I call fine, it ORD. Is it not called ORD? Well, thank you. Well, I'm, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, I, I've been to an Amazon Go store, and it was a really great experience. And knowing how you know sometimes you're running late trying to get to your next flight and knowing that sometimes the, the meals on flight are not so great and you just want to check out really fast, uh, they do have some really great options in the Amazon Go store as far as like pre-cooked meals that you can purchase, as well as really nice, like even vegan and GMO uh, free products that people can buy that are very friendly to dietary restrictions. So it seems like a very awesome idea to put the Amazon Go stores in uh, your international airports. That oh yeah. I mean, somebody who's I sometimes I'm not running late, but I often am running late for a flight. Um, And I also, you know, if it's morning, I need a coffee, you know, and I haven't had time to get it at home before I, you know, get on the plane or whatever it is. Anything that may cut down on that line of five people ahead of me at the coffee bean, we were like, (laughs) I really want this food, but I got to go, you know, got to get to my gate. I think the airport is the perfect place for this. And it's not just, oh, it's friction free. And you know, you don't don't have to talk to a person. It's just time saving. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will say when I when I went to the ghost store, there were a lot of employees there that were still kind of training the general public about how you use the ghost store. You have to download a separate application entirely. You have to scan it on the way in. So you do have to teach people how to use it. But I Mm -hmm. think down the line, once enough people understand how to use it, kind of like we do with mobile payments now at stores, which is generally accepted, uh, then it would be extremely fast and you would not have as much confusion in the future, but we still need some time to get there. Yeah. I have my TripIt, my Delta app, and now my yep. Amazon app ready to go as I'm holding my phone in my hand, running through the airport. Totally. Good to see that. <laughs> TechCrunch sources confirm a report by music business worldwide that Apple has acquired Platoon, a London startup that uses analytics to find musicians and then help those musicians distribute their work. The co-founder and CEO of Platoon, Denzel Feigelson, also confirmed the news on LinkedIn. Feigelson used to work at iTunes as an executive, so they probably knew each other like for well 15 enough years, to think yeah. that this was a very good acquisition to make. And it does, uh, if you read the story, it does uh, appear that Apple is ha- is acquiring uh, this company, not just hiring, you know, the, there's the aqua hire where they're like, well, sure. we're not really buying the company. We just wanted these people to work here. They, they want this system, uh, which implies that Apple wants to, in some way, at least do a and R, which is, you know, acquiring talent, if not be a label. Well, and analytics like this, um, can, it, you know, it's certainly if, if you're a smaller musician, um, and talented and, and the sort of analytics would, would help you uh, um, expand your reach. Great. That could also apply to Apple's podcast section. I mean, the analytics here, hmm. um, you know, if it's robust and uh, helps connect people with other people who want to pay for good things being done, uh, makes a lot of sense for Apple so that it's not just a matter of big labels and Apple working with them, which we've known for a long time. Apple's been kind of, you know, hinting around trying to trying to branch out into into other avenues. That's a really good point, because Platoon uh, apparently also works with non-musicians. They work with writers. So you could feed people into the iBooks store, too, exactly. uh, and promote those. That's um, eh, it's it's another sign of Apple being ready to transition away from being a product based company to a services based company, too. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to our other show, DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right. Microsoft President Brad Smith asked governments in a speech to regulate facial recognition technology in order to protect personal privacy and avoid discrimination and surveillance. He made this speech at the Brookings Institution. Smith said, and I'm going to quote him here, We believe that the only way to protect against this race to the bottom is to build a floor of responsibility. Interesting turn of phrase, right? You know, race to the bottom. We're going to put a floor in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost Reagan esque. Uh, A floor of responsibility that supports healthy market competition. So he's like, we we don't want the government to pick winners and losers. We just want we want a floor that says you you can't do irresponsible things. And these this is what they are. Uh, Smith said we must ensure that the year 2024 doesn't look like a page from the novel 1984. Like, does he have a campaign speechwriter? Love it. On this kind of stuff. Uh, Smith said laws should require human review of facial recognition results. And if facial recognition is being used to identify a consumer, the law should make sure the consumers know explicitly when and how it's happening. He also advocates requiring search warrants 
for the use of facial recognition. He outlined six principles. He said facial recognition use should be fair, transparent, accountable, not. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Undiscriminatory, include notice and consent, and only lawful surveillance. That's where the warrant comes in. Uh, And Microsoft plans to publish a document next week suggesting ways to implement facial recognition regulations that serve those six principles. I love this. (laughs) This is the kind of regulation where, and, and I'll be the first to say, I'm not always a big fan of having government regulation in technology, uh, especially like with the recent Australian bill that passed with encryption. Like that's a great example, but when it comes to regulating for consumer privacy and security. This is big news. And this is the kind of thing I would love to see in other form factors of technology, not just facial recognition, but things like IoT for consumers. That's a great example. Um, other ways that you're you're able to track what you're doing. Uh, this is, it's, it's good regulation, or it's a good idea. I just hope that technology uh, companies will look at this and extremely seriously consider it because I, I and and also consumers as well. I hope that consumers consider it too whenever they're making purchases. Yeah, Amazon has been in hot water for providing some facial recognition technology to a police department in Orlando, uh, and not really wanting to talk about it a lot. Uh, and and that's in opposition to what Microsoft is pushing here. Like you need to be transparent. Tell people what it does. Tell people where and when it's being used. It can still be used. And I think that's one of the interesting things when I think about facial recognition. A lot of times the balance with with surveillance technology or law enforcement technology is if people know it's being used, then they'll avoid it and they're less likely uh, and it's less likely to be effective. Facial recognition 
I mean, for the most part, if it's out there, even if you know it's there, if you need to go to that location, then I don't know, I guess you try to put on a mask and try to fool it, but you might be doing that anyway if you just know that facial recognition exists. So I'm not sure knowing it's being used in an area reduces the effectiveness as much as it might in other technologies. Well, this is also coming from Microsoft, right? And Tom, you mentioned Amazon. I mean, if Brad Smith is saying publicly, listen, we need government regulation or this is going to get real out of hand and we're going to you know, look like a dystopian society from the book 1984 before we know it. I think that there's, you know, in many cases, uh, large companies such as Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook and Google and uh, Apple and whoever else would get together and perhaps form a consortium of companies that have all decided that we agree on, you know, what's the right and 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 um, moral way to move forward with this. It does not sound like Microsoft believes that its competitors are on the same page, and that's why they're going in this direction. Yeah, uh, there are lots of other industries that that they could be pushing for this too. So, I mean, it's interesting mm-hmm. that they picked facial recognition to to be the leader. There are there are lots of surveillance issues, obviously, with encryption, which Microsoft has fought against in other arenas uh, with, with AI. In fact, uh, France and Canada announced plans for the International Panel on Artificial Intelligence to promote the responsible adoption of AI that is, in their words, human-centric and grounded in human rights, inclusion, diversity, innovation, and economic growth. And it's interesting, that sort of parallels Microsoft's announcement here, where it said... Uh, we want a responsible floor of regulation that still allows market competition. All of these statements are saying we still we don't want to hurt the economic innovation of stuff. We just want to make sure that we preserve human rights, which I think really is a reaction to a lot of the controversies around social networks where things just plowed ahead. And even if it's just the perception of trampling on human rights, people are upset that it wasn't included from the beginning. I think in both cases, the AI and the facial recognition, the industry as a whole has an instinct that, okay, maybe we need to talk about this now before it becomes a problem. I was wondering why they started talking about facial recognition now. And I think you hit the nail on the head because facial recognition has been used, uh, for example, in casinos for years and years. I mean, we, we're we definitely getting our face tracked every time we go to CES every year. And, and knowing that that technology has been out there for so long, it does make sense that it would happen right now because we are getting so much more in tune with uh, our own human rights when it comes to technology. And at a time when facial recognition is getting good. Exactly. Uh, when, you know, the facial recognition in the casinos was okay <laughs> and it was expensive. Yeah, it's not the best technology. Yeah, and you, you needed to but be as there. rich as a casino <laughs> to afford it or at least to have an interest uh, that was as rich as theirs. Uh, so, so now when you can just, you know, provide it as a cloud service potentially uh, and, and it becomes much more widely available. I mean, that's, that's all internet innovation disruption has followed that problem that that system where the rules that worked when it was available but only available on a limited basis because of cost or accessibility don't necessarily work when it suddenly scales and now everybody can access it yeah absolutely 
And it, it was interesting in the story, too, um, how he mentioned what one of the principles is transparency. And I'm glad he included that because one of the examples they gave was a classroom that they're using this in to track uh, student emotions and then give that information to the teacher. And they even mentioned in the story that uh, they might not even be sharing this information with students, or at least that hasn't been determined yet. So so having that area of concern uh, when you know several people are involved and they might not even know that they're being tracked, I would be much more comfortable as a consumer, even as a student, if that information is transparent to me. So I know what's going on when I'm there. Yeah, there's an organization. Or as a a parent of that student. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, An organization called AI Now is issuing a report calling on companies to waive their trade secrecy that if it would get in the way of public accountability, Uh, not saying that they don't get the trade secrecy. They're saying, hey, you companies, in this case, you should, in in the interest of public good and being a good corporate citizen, wade your trade secrecy if it comes into conflict with, with being able to tell the public what's being done. Because sometimes, you know, trade secrets are widely protected uh, on the on the farthest reaches that you can interpret them in order to make sure something doesn't leak through. I think AI has done a great job as an industry of being transparent and open sourcing things and, and allowing uh, the public to see exactly how it works. Uh, and, and, and so maybe facial recognition could take a tip from that too. Well, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. There are lots of facial recognition stories there and others as well. You can join the group, submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Head on over to Facebook as well. If you hang out there, facebook.com slash groups slash daily tech news show. You know what we have? I'm so glad. Chris Christensen is back. The amateur traveler has some news of a cruise ship powered by dead fish. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I was interested to see that Hurtgruten, which is not only a fun cruise line to say, but one that runs up the coast of Norway and other exploration places, has announced that they're going to be powering their cruise ships, at least in part, with dead fish. They're going to be using biogas as fuel, which is derived from dead fish, at least in part for these vessels, to make them more eco-friendly using a renewable fuel source. Now, there was no mention of whether these fish had lived a long and happy life and whether they had died under mysterious circumstances, (laughs) but it's still a great step forward. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Yes, tell us more about these fish. Were they killed by the boat and then... (laughs) Sucked in. That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, or are they? Are they the koi in the pond that they just you know live a long and happy life and naturally you know pass away? Um, hey everybody, let's check out the mailbag. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> this one comes from Tony Wang, Shannon, and Tom, and I have all worked with Tony in the past, um, back in the twit days. Tony says, "I bought the iPhone 10 for my wife for her birthday, and after two months of use." I asked her how she likes the phone, and she hates Face ID. Yes, Tony's wife, I'm with you. Uh, She was previously an iPhone 7 user, so she can't check her phone and play around with her phone now while she's in a meeting because now she has to hold her phone up to her face to unlock the phone. Can't be clandestine about it. Just thought I'd write in to let Sarah know that she's not the only person who hates Face ID. I do want to make a prediction that in three years... Apple will bring back Touch ID as an in-screen fingerprint scanner and call it Touch ID to Max Plus. It's <laughs> yeah, not a bad Wait, prediction. As an Android user over here who doesn't follow iPhone news, you can only unlock your phone with Face ID? On the you new iPhone. You can iPhones. use the passcode. 
but you can the, use a passport. There's no button oh, yeah. anymore. There's no touch ID to be had. Now, oh. Tony, Tony is he's agreeing with me because I've been complaining lately about the fact that like, sure, if my phone's right here, you know, as long as we're doing this works fine. Yeah. But there are many times I got a big old, I got a big old, you know, 10 X, uh, 10, uh, 10 X. Uh, um, <laughs> It's, it's a big phone. It's a real big phone. <laughs> it's a big phone. And so when it's on the table, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, maybe doing stuff in the peripheral vision, it doesn't work anymore. So I'm entering my passcode a hundred times a day where I've been used to doing that never for three years. Oh, yeah. They should go one pluses route and do the in, in-screen fingerprint sensor. That's one of the best things ever. Well, Tony, I think you might be onto something. Cilantro. That's all I'm saying. It's cilantro. So people love it. <laughs> yeah. You either love it or you don't. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's check in with known cilantro lover, Len Peralta, <laughs> who has been illustrating the show. I love cilantro. You have, how do you know this? Cilantro's so biggest fan. Len, <laughs> Len, what have you been drawing? Well, you know, I was so taken by the line 2024 will not be 1984. Is that sort of what I did for today's uh, image? I really felt good. it was very dystopian, a little <laughs> bit scary. And uh, I played with a lot of shadows of this one, which I thought was kind of cool. So uh, um, you can pick this up in my online store, which is uh, is always a fun thing. Plus, I haven't been on the show for a little while, so I haven't. I've been really busy working on um, custom drawn holiday cards. I'm still doing them if you want until December twentieth, and this is a special for DTNS listeners only. Ooh. You can use the discount code DTNS at checkout to save twenty bucks off. The card. Very nice. Yes. Very cool. Yes, so listener. Uh, go do that right now. It's not too late. Get in. Get in. Yes. Also, thanks to Shannon Morris for being with us on Friday. See, when Len comes back, I get all discombobulated. <laughs> I'm just like, sort of like into the artwork. Shannon, art. good to see you again as well. And let folks know where they can keep up with all the other work that you do every week and every day and every hour and every minute. <laughs> Quite well, honest. thank you, Sarah and Tom. Uh, if you do have Patreon supporters, they get a nice little security spiel from me every week that's included on the DTNS Patreon. And if you're a patron of ThreatWire, you also get a security bulletin every week from DTNS Tom and Sarah, which is awesome. Love it. Uh, but if you're interested in my shows, ThreatWire, I just talked about the crazy Marriott Starwood specifically database that was stolen. That was huge news. And if you're curious, if you are a part of that, definitely go over there to ThreatWire because I broke down the whole thing. And my other big show is TechThing, T-E-K-Thing.com. And I just reviewed the DJI Osmo Mobile 2, which I am currently using for all of my Vlogmas videos because I am a vlogger on my personal YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured I would review that crazy little gimbal thing because apparently I'm a gimbal person. Yeah. I never knew this about myself till now. <laughs> the gimbal girls. Okay. Yeah. So, and thank you to everybody who watches my shows. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Len. And uh, thank you folks for supporting us. If you don't know this already, the $5 level is kind of the magic level of the DTNS Patreon. Uh, there's so much just this week that you get if you're a patron at that level. You get to choose an all feed that lets you get both Good Day Internet and just DTNS. You can decide whether you want to listen to just the DTNS show or the entire pre and post show. You get a column 
from Roger with his secret algorithm for deciding whether to buy something on a holiday deal. Uh, you get an editor's desk uh, this week of me in audio describing how I use Feedly and how I pick stories for the show. Uh, you get so much. There's there's a as Shannon mentioned an audio bulletin going into the Starwood uh, Marriott hack from earlier this week that Shannon posted for us. It's all at Patreon.com/slash/DTNS. Go become a member now. We could not do this without your feedback. You help make our show stronger. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is where to send those emails. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. And find out more and spread the word. Dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back on Monday. Talk to you then. Have a good weekend, everybody. part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.